Welcome to Unbounded Talks on Growth in Financial Services. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Parsons. Unbounded is powered by Flowex.ai. And today, we are indeed talking with someone who has a lot of experience. We are talking to Kosti Maresh, the Chief Digital Officer of OTP Bank Romania. He is a serious transformation expert. If you want to get talent going in the right direction, he's your man. He has over 20 years of banking experience helping people transform. So get ready to dig into the growth occasion. Kosti, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike, for the introduction. Really honored to be here and really glad to, to chat with you today. Now, Kosti, we are very excited to have you on the show because for somebody who has been in banking for two decades, who then finds themselves as the chief digital officer, I think this must be, on one hand, the most exciting and the most scary role in any bank you could have these days. How did you get here? Thanks for the question. It's indeed exciting and also challenging, as you say, because it's a role that it's at the intersection between humanity and technology. And that might be scary, as you say. How did I arrive here? <laughs> I started uh, my experience uh, many years ago, as you said, in, uh, in banking. I moved to ING, Millennium Bank, and uh, now OTP Bank. And I moved back and forth between business positions and technology positions. And uh, I'm now merging these two elements together um, with the sole purpose of providing great customer experience and uh, delight our customers. So it's, it's a challenge because we are talking about clients and usually IT people do not really care, I dare to say, about clients. They care about technology. So exactly. the challenge is indeed there. So, Kosti, I love this idea of it's the collision between tech and humanity, maybe throw in the collision between businesses. Do you believe that the work that you've done in your career across both business and technology puts you in, an, in a great position to understand where you can get value from both technology opportunities, but also helping people achieve them? Is that the secret source to your role, do you think? I believe so. In all my roles, I put focus on collaboration and communication and alignment. Many companies and banks also fail to have a clear communication between business and IT. And IT is talking about technology, business is talking about business initiatives, and usually they do not they are not able to understand each other. And always I, I was able to make this bridge. And mm. because of that, uh, when I was in the technology position, business loved me because they were able to achieve their, uh, their goals and to, we, we talked together in the end, the same language. But also when I was in business positions, the technology people loved me because I understand what, where they were coming from. I understand that they find that they try to find the best solutions and uh, we are able to align again together to reach the, the goal of the companies. 
It's fascinating, isn't it? It's very similar to our previous guest, Daniel Popescu from Bunker, Transylvania. He said something similar, that the real role of the moment here in 2022 is being a bridge between the different teams in an organization inside of a bank, between business and technology, acting uh, almost, if you will, as a translator. Now, this seems to be a really hot theme right now within banking and financial services. What advice would you have for someone who would to play such a role, but is perhaps today only in, let's say, IT? How do they get that 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 extra skill? How do they cross pollinate so that they can translate between the two? What would what advice would you have for someone in IT? So, first of all, you need courage. Because at the beginning, it might be really ugly because business people are very close to hate the technology people because they believe that technology people block their way to achieve the, the goals. And the technology people really hate the business people because they don't understand, they are stupid and uh, this type of right. issues. And you need, uh, you need to be bold and say, guys, Enough, it's enough. Let's take it from zero. Let's trust each other. Let's understand your priorities and uh, let us do our job. And this is not easy to do because there there is no trust. And uh, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one talking. But if you don't do this, if you don't set this grand zero, moment zero, it will be difficult. So if someone wants to be courageous, what's one practical step that they could take uh, to building the bridge with other teams? Do they need to go and shadow people for a week? Do they need to go on secondment into other departments? How do we build more translators like yourself, Costi? Yes. First of all, I think it's important to have your team behind. I mean, the technology people behind must be on board, must be behind you when you do this. And they have to understand, guys, we have to help the business. We have common goals. We need to grow this banking business. And that's the first step you need to do. Second step you need to do is to go with the to the business put all of them together at the same table and uh, th- when i've done this the as i told you it got really ugly people were shouting pointing fingers it was really bad at the the first encounter and then i set up i uh, established with the um, vp on retail we are going to do this. This is also important to set, to play the stakeholder management and work with the peer on the business side and agree that we have to do this. And no matter how ugly it is, we are going to jump in together, look at the backlog that uh, was not achieved for years, as business said, look at mm-hmm. things that are not relevant from that backlog, look at the things that are really important for them. And then the third step is to really deliver on those things that you uh, discussed and agreed together that they are important. You need to show that you can build what they want. You need to build it fast 
and to get it ongoing. And mm. if these so, three elements align, mm-hmm. and then you start to to deliver, business will gain more trust, and then it's easy. It's uh, it's going in the right direction. The insight that I'd pull out there, Costi, is it sounds like before committing to the product you're going to build, you have to get everyone to commit to the shared process, because if they can't get behind the process and knowing that there's going to be some ups and downs, but we've got to commit to the process before the product. Otherwise, it's all going to fall apart. That seems to be the big insight, right? Yes, correct. And uh, what is also important is the transparency because usually IT do not say clearly and loudly what they will deliver, what they can deliver, and what they cannot deliver. They are afraid about saying, we cannot do this in this time. And uh, when you don't say anything, the expectation of the business is that it is going to be done sometimes. Never happening. And then it's, it's going south. That's right. People never, when, when the commitment to the deliverables is vague, both parties n- the, the receiving party never says, oh, I will imagine that I'll get less than that. They always tend to be over-optimistic on the expectations that are being set. So I think it's really back to the humanity that you started with, which is such an exciting way for us to look at the next part of the show. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that Unbounded is powered by Flowex.ai. If you'd like to get the show notes and if you want to see all of the transcript and the links from what Costi is sharing with us today, head over to unbounded.flowex.ai. You can get all the goodies there and plenty more. So, Costi, let's turn our eyes now to OTP Bank in Romania. Tell us about, in a world of constant technology change, the markets are changing, consumers are changing, and there we have all of this ambition and desire from the business unit. But in order to make that come alive, we have to participate in, let's just call it digital transformation. And what's really interesting about the way you construct it is you put people and culture at the heart of it. Can you tell me what does that look like? And I'd love to explore that with you now and see what we can learn from you as we go into the world of transformation as you see it. Yeah. Mike, I think what is really important is to make it simple and understandable for the people because we use many words, many buzzwords like digital transformation, like agility. And... People hear that a lot and they don't really understand what it is about. And it some, somehow devalues when you talk about digital transformation. Oh, okay, we're not the one talking about this. So I, I think it's important to, to understand, to make people understand that agility, it's about delivering fast products to the customers, delivering superior customer experience, having close collaboration between units, breaking the famous silos within the organization. Mm. And when you break this down to simple concepts, elements, uh, like collaboration, communication, some uh, practices that are very uh, simple practices to align, to review, 
to make the planning. Then everything uh, is demystified, understood gotcha. by the people, and uh, then they they are on board. I think we have to go with the why it is important for us to do this. Why it is important for you from business from me for you for it to to embark this road because change is not easy we will always no. get resistance to change it's normal it's it's not reasonable not to expect something like this so you have to be prepared to absorb a lot of negativity a lot of fighting against these new practices and uh, you have to be relentless in uh moving on with practices that make sense and deliver results. We have, of course, an agile playbook of 120 pages. But believe me, maybe 1% of our colleagues read that. And this is the, these are the people that uh, wrote it and are in the transformation of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's really important and... Uh, We talk at the level of management, we have leadership team meetings, we have town hall meetings, where I talk about Agile Manifesto, where we took 10 behaviors, no more, 10 behaviors that are important for moving on with the Agile transformation. And these are simple things, as I told you, collaboration, communication, execution, what Uh is an MVP, uh minimum viable product. I think this is key important has a key importance, uh, at least in Otepe, everyone aim for perfection. Let's have the perfect product with all the options uh, embedded, all the exceptions, so on and so forth. And we, we do not accept anything less than perfect. And of course, that has a cost of time, has the cost of building a complex product. And at the end, the, the result is the worst because we'll probably by the time we'll launch in the market, the product is already obsolete because of the time passed since the launch. Yes. And yes. then the product is so complex that no one can understand it. So, so it's something that we really push through the organization. We want to launch simple products fast and then go to the next cycle, improve the product if necessary. And we continuously adjust. So I, I love the fact that you're adopting a very iterative approach and you're shipping and shipping fast. You were able to, to create an agile manifesto that took 120 pages and made it 10 key ideas. So let me try something very daring here, Kosti. Could you, if, if you had to communicate to the world your agile manifesto, and I could only give you one of your principles of the manifesto, which one is the most important to start with on your agile manifesto to help transform growth inside of a banking organization? Which is the one that rules them all? It's it's really tough to choose one, but I would choose the one that, has to do with the empowerment of the people. I think the traditional management style, it's uh, controlling sometimes, over-controlling sometimes, even micromanaging. And 
this is uh, across the industries, across the companies. It has also to do with some the Romanian culture, but we see it across the world in different uh, levels. So if I would choose the, the one uh, to talk about today would be to empower the people to make decisions mm. and to uh, encourage them to fail fast. This, this approach to failure from the management was also a key blocker, key barrier in the development of the companies. Mm. Uh, because when you start punishing the people that made mistake, whatever the form punishing has, reprimand, verbal reprimand, or firing, or cutting the bonus, or whatever type of punishment, this has a, a deep implication in the mindset and behavior of the people. And if you are able to get rid of this natural tendency of punishment, the rewards will be great because people will yes. try daring things, will try new things, will innovate. And this is very important for the future of the company. And I stop here. Yeah. So let's just focus on these two. Failing fast is obviously for some organizations feels very contradictory to risk uh, management, risk aversion. So what's one practical way uh, you improved learning through failing fast? How did you make it possible inside of the organization? Talking about culture, Mike, this was one of the uh, things that took longest to be changed because before there was a strong culture of fear within OTP and within the IT environment. IT is mm -hmm. prone to errors. Technology fails and fails quite a lot. The, the difference between winners and losers made especially not from technology not failing because at one point technology will fail the difference mm -hmm. will be made by how we react when technology fails how yes. we are able to repeat things on track with what cost and what we do to prevent it next time and uh, the as i told you this was the most difficult thing for me to change in the culture of the organization was I, when I was asking people uh, on the floor, I talk a lot with the people. I'm not a very managerial uh, or hierarchical person. And when I asked them, so how it is going? What was, what, was, what was bad? What we should do better? People blocked. No, boss, everything is okay. You don't have to worry. I said, come on. I know that we both know that this is not the, the case. <laughs> Otherwise, the company would not need us. And uh, now uh, when I have uh, my uh, breakfast and I invite uh, a lot of people, uh, about 15 people around the table, we discuss about ourselves, what our interests, and also what we, uh, we can do better in the organization. And now I hear tons of ideas, tons of ideas. Let's do that. Let's improve that. Let's go there and let's not go there anymore and actually i have this uh, start stop continue asking feedback in a start yes. what we should start doing stop what we do and we we should stop doing and continue what we do well and we should continue doing it and asking feedback in this way really was a game changer but coming coming back 
to uh, the question because this is not the most practical advice that I would give. The most practical advice is to show that it's okay to make mistakes. And we have yes. a mess up border, or I don't know how to say it. Uh, it has a different name that is not very uh, politically correct. But uh, we, we have a list of mistakes and we talk about them. And in, uh, in my town hall meetings, I talk openly about my own mistakes. And uh, I share with them. I'm a human person, I'm a human being, uh, I made mistakes. And of course, I'm not proud about about it, but I do mistakes also. So it's normal. Let's, uh, let's yeah, talk about yeah. it. What I love about what you're talking about is that you're making a, a safe environment where people feel that they can trust the team and the organization to share mistakes, failures, and to then launch into a discussion of what they learned from those and how we could improve upon that. And creating that safety seems to be a key to failing fast. I want to come back to the other key point that you mentioned, which was this idea of empowering people. You know, when when a person is empowered, when they have wind in their sails, they can do amazing things and they will overcome the valley of darkness. When challenges come, they will sail high, they will take ownership, they will be accountable. Amidst this world of digital transformation, if we're going to make it safe to talk about failure on one hand, how do we then empower people? How do we give them that turbo boost, Kosti? Again, here, it's also in the culture of the organization, culture of the people. There are some people that prefer the safety of being told of uh, what to do. We have, we had some of these people as well. But then my approach was, we, uh, we have you on board. We pay you a hefty salary. You are the specialist on this area. You have to tell me what to do. I cannot tell you what to do because I'm not a specialist. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a DBA. You are the expert. You have to tell us what to do. And this approach was really scary for many of the people because, uh, oh, shit, now it's up to me. Oh, my God. But uh, I don't want this. And we had some uh, some back and forth and goes hand in hand with this fear approach. If they see that, well, they are empowered and uh, if something doesn't go to perfection, they are not uh, fired or there are no consequences, they get more courage and they start mm. to, to do amazing things as you want. And we have ideas that we didn't even thought about or we even dare to think about coming from the field, from the bottom, because that's right. where the action is. That's where the decisions should be made. The majority yes. of the decisions should be made that the, in the field, as I say. not In the top, we discuss the strategy, the direction, and that's about it. We, we should Exciting. to see if we go in the right direction or not. Other than that, the decisions should be done uh, in the field. That's so ex- that it's so exciting because what you're talking about is empowering people won't only improve 
their productivity on the work of today, but they'll actually come with ideas and contributions for the work of tomorrow. I love this. I, I really love this. But I think we, we're on such a roll. I, I want to get to the workforce structure and to talk about that. But just before we do, I want to remind all of our listeners that Unbounded is powered by flowx.ai. And if you want to get any of the information that we're discussing, you'll find everything, show notes, links, charts, all at unbounded.flowx.ai. Now, talking about charts, Christy, we have dug up a recently updated McKinsey chart, and it's called Traditional Bank's Workforce Configuration, and here's the catch, limits its potential. Now, if you want to get a copy of this chart for all of our listeners, just head over to unbounded.flowx.ai. But Christy, it's a pretty interesting picture that McKinsey paints in his chart. It's basically saying only 15% of IT spend is directed towards transformative change. Only 25 to 40% of engineers can actually write some code in their workforce makeup. And a majority of the people who have some sort of engineering role, a majority, 60, actually 65% are either beginner or novice. This is clashing a bit with the ambitions of any modern bank or financial services firm. How do you think about workforce modeling and mixing and what roles we need? And when you look at this McKinsey chart, I think you might have some thoughts for us. Of course. And uh, I'm very happy to uh, report a different reality that we have in OTP Bank. And uh, let's start first with the percentage of the resources allocated to the transformation. In OTP, we have about 50% of the people allocated to the transformatory changes. And of course, we we evolved uh, to this situation from a situation where the majority of the resources are allocated to IT, technical debt, and regulatory changes. Probably Mm -hmm. we are very close to the 85% that McKinsey quote in the report. But we then realized that we are spending a lot of money and a lot of resources on a lot of changes that are not producing results, or at least not producing the ambitious results that we wanted. And then we said, look, we say that this is our strategy. Increase the customer market share, customer experience, and employee engagement, and so on. But how we allocate resources? Are the resources, CAPEX, PEREX, OPEX, allocated along the same Hmm. strategic lines or not? And then we implemented a simple scoring mechanism in which we make this transparent. And indeed, we are a bit uh, unhappy, not to say scared, that the situation was uh, like uh, Mackenzie quoted 15 uh, transformation versus 85 uh, the rest. And I said, no, this is is not what we wanted. And we started the to make the prioritization and to have the quarterly business reviews. And we work on on the priorities and on the ratings that we do together with business along their their initiatives. And it's a very powerful exercise to ask yourself, is our workforce configured in alignment with our strategy and business needs? I think that's what this really calls out, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to say, to brag that we are aligned with the business. But is the business aligned with the strategy of the, the companies, with the overall yes. strategy goals? This is a question. It's a tough question, as you say. And we are very courageous uh, to ask these questions. And to, not only that, to make decisions to reflect that strategy. And of course, mm. we had a lot of resistance from the organization and from people saying, but this, uh, my pet project uh, will be killed. What am I going to do? And uh, whatever. We had many oppositions, many discussions. But uh, at the level of the management, we said, look, this is our strategy. These are the initiatives uh, helping us to achieve the strategy. There is no debate about it. Let's move on. Exactly. And, yes. Yes. And so we reach to allocate more than um, 50% of uh, the resources on these transformatory changes. The invitation from myself to you is I would love uh, to have you back on the show to actually go deep onto how you actually were able to create that workforce transformation and how what advice and learnings you have for anybody who's working in the industry who's facing exactly those same challenges. Would you like to come back and do some workforce jamming? Of course, that would be my pleasure. And actually, in this environment where um, the things are moving very fast in the IT labor market, and not only the labor market overall, we know about the great resign. The, there are McKinsey oh, yeah. about that as well. So, mm. uh, yes, it, it's a key uh, success factor, again, in having a successful transformation. And I'd love to take to talk about our approach to that because we have some very interesting ideas on how to build a pipeline, uh, leadership pipeline, talent pools that we grow and invest actively in growing our people and feed this pipeline. That sounds wonderful. My last question for you, Kosti Maresh, uh, if people want to find you out on the internet, being the chief digital officer at OTB Bank Romania, how do we find you? Are you on a LinkedIn? Are you a Facebook guy? What? How do we find you in the world? How do we follow your thoughts? Yes, so you can find me under my um, ID name of Constantin Maresh on uh, LinkedIn. And, and there I... I publish uh, a lot of interesting things about uh, what we do in OTP, building a supercomputer, for example, one of the most powerful in the world for uh, boosting artificial intelligence and uh, being able to understand better our customers and some other interesting initiatives at the level of OTP Bank. Wonderful. Kosti, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I can't wait to have you back next time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Mike. Very interesting questions. And you energized me a lot. And I talked with passion about the things you asked me. Thanks for this. Sounds perfect. Thank you to you, Kosti. And thank you to you, our listeners. It's been great having you here on Unbounded. Talks on growth in financial services. And all of this is powered by Flowex.ai. Come on, join the conversation Unlock the growth equation at unbounded.flowex.ai. That's a wrap.